It's episode 18 of Craggy Island Rugby and this is your producer, presenter, editor, does all the work, gets all the abuse. I forgot batteries, lads. Cut me some slack here. Uh, we won't talk about the fact that the, the machine filled up as we were doing our halftime bit either. And well, this is not the first time. This is not the first time that the batteries have been run short. If I I might be right on that, I can't be quite Alan sure. Alan Deacon's on the podcast this week, William Davis. Good evening. Yeah, thanks William. See that? See that professional attitude? Good evening, nothing else to say. I'm not going to dig at the presenter <laughs> early doors. <laughs> Dathan? Uh, the expenses receipt for the batteries you are now using will be in your desk on Monday morning. <laughs> they're fully charged. Do you charge your batteries before you come to a game? That's, that's clever. No, they're called... They may be... They're batteries that are promoted by a small rabbit playing a drum. They're supposed to be, because that's the whole premise. Yeah. I don't buy El Cheapo, they're produced by the lad down the road batteries, unlike some. Okay, so uh, just have a listen to this, because this is all in our heads, and it's not going to stop being in our heads. It's the sound of the extra Chiefs fans. Genuinely, I mean, when you hear that chant, you do expect the pitchforks to be coming over and the, the local version to be sacrificed to the, to the gods in a giant wickerman. It is a very <laughs> disturbing chant they have. <laughs> and, and the image is, is almost equally as disturbing. <laughs> the Chiefs have won by 33 points to 24. Alan, like for the first time, I'd say since uh, well, the end of last season, a team has come to the sports ground and, you know, come off the pitch and pretty much dominated in all the key areas, anyways. Well, I'm not sure they dominated in all the key areas. We played into their hands a little bit too much. They were obviously better than us in the scrum. Um, they were they were big, big lumps of lads, and rather than try and run around them more often than we did, because when we did try and run around them, invariably we did, because we got a four-try bonus out of it. Yeah, but that's not, like, what, what, what are the key areas they didn't dominate? <laughs> yeah, the line-out's yeah. line a good point, but, I, like, I'm, I'm looking at a game here, and, like, fan, grand, we had a bit of fluff in terms of our, some fantastic rugby in the back line, but that is just fluff no, when a, te- no, when no, a team no, dominates you no, that much. No. It's just, it's irrelevant no, that you get your not, tries. No, it's not irrelevant, because it showed how to play against them. You don't try and beat up a team who are bigger than you. That's fine. I have no problem with the idea that it shows how to play it against them. It is fantastic if there's substance to go with it. If there's no substance, it's just four tries and it's a home defeat. Yeah, but it's what London Irish did to them last week exactly. They scored four tries and they won the last one a drop goal. But they didn't try to compete with them up front. They tried to run past them or, or run, as Alan says, run around them. We just got caught in the midfield doing these little dinky one-up pass movements mm. and they just kept knocking us down and knocking us down. Once we got the ball out wide, they looked... Well, vulnerable, and they, oh, yeah, no were, they were vulnerable. But no question about that. For the second week in a row, you've got to look at the Edinburgh game as well. We got beaten up, and when we were being beaten up, we didn't have an answer to change the way we were trying to play. Yeah, I agree. Look, um, the only point I'm trying to make is that there's no doubt that the rugby we were playing was fantastic, a way to open up a side who were one, one-dimensional in the way they were playing. But Dave, maybe, maybe you can dig me out. Like, yeah, grand, lineups didn't work first half. They had three or four bad lineups, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. They just said they had... Dominant scrum, and they were dominant around the fringes with the ball. And they were losing 17 10 at half time, having considered three tries. And we had made, they had a kid on one wing, and they had a converted centre. They'd switched their centre, uh, Noel went into the centre, Witten came out into the wing, and that didn't work because they, when, when they had the ball, they were 
And I got in trouble. I got into a row at halftime on Twitter with somebody about saying that I felt outside Slade they were guileless. There was no invention. There was no, no. nothing from them when they had the ball. But they didn't need to because you have Tom Waldron and, and Dave Ewers who, sh- if there's two better eights and six in England than the two of them, and they can't get in the England squad, then my God, England, have, got, England have some back row for the World Cup. Um, I thought they were guileless without the ball. I thought, I thought Slade was pedestrian. And I thought we played all the rugby, and then in the second, we, we came out in the second half, and A, Baxter did, did a pat lamb on it and gave them some hell of a uh, time. And then we decided we were going to do, for some reason, we played the tactics we'd been using the last two games into the Gale Force wind when there was no Gale Force wind. And I just went, I can't believe they're doing this. And they went, this is fabulous. And then Danny decides that he can loft the pass over 6 foot 16 mum, and it's just downhill from there. They. Once they got in front, they were never going to lose because they had all that power. But there was, we, were, we had better backs than them. We had better off the cuff. Off the cuff, we were better. Their line-out didn't work. Luke Karandicki has blown his England chances with that performance. But when it came to running straight, in a straight line, hard at people, that is the best performance I've ever seen by anything because we, our boys are brave and they're, in, and they're insane when it comes to defensive. But every day we got run over. Absolutely run over. Yeah, and the way you take on a team like that who are pretty guileless and whatever is to take the ball in behind, dink it in behind, which we only tried on three occasions that I remember. Robbie did two of them and caught it beautiful as he caught it and tried to flip it back inside and was unfortunate. Mills tried it and it nearly nearly worked out for him at one stage. Um, I presume, I was thinking, because you say this every week and I was thinking about it in the second half in the commentary, I presume you were raging when those intercepts came, the two intercepts, because that was a, they were so far up in our faces and we weren't even trying to get them on the back foot. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it, it's, it's so frustrating when you see how fast their line was moving. There was mountains of space in behind them, absolutely mountains of space. Yeah, it's, it's a sort of game, you'd have to go back and watch it again, because they didn't, Exeter didn't do anything really memorable at, at, for the whole game, but they won, and I think they won probably somewhere between second and third gear. I, yeah. su- I suspect they can play better than that. Yeah. And they played a bit like a side who has lost their last four games and have had a big wobble. But they, 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 do you know what it reminded me of? We played Gloucester here in a Heineken Cup game very early in our first go at the Heineken. Saturday lunchtime kickoff. And it's exactly the same job that Gloucester did. There, were nowhere, there was nowhere near as many points in that game. But it was just a professional English Premiership side arriving to do the job and they only just did enough really to get the job done and we gifted them some points and they said thank you very much and we're out of here and it's very frustrating and it's we've got a lot of questions to ask now that's one win out of five it is admittedly our eighth game in 44 days yeah. and we just we just don't have a squad that's big enough to that's like you mentioned, you mentioned uh, there were like yeah, you mentioned there was a brave performance. We couldn't criticise Connick. It wasn't like Exeter, or sorry, it wasn't like Edinburgh. It's not a question of whether they were application was right or their attitude was right. Yeah, yeah, I, well, application individually, uh, individual, I, I, individual application. No, no one went out there and just didn't perform. But you got no. to say that is, there was some very poor performances out there. Not because guys that go, went they were out being there and outbeat, they were being outdone by a side that just seemed to be I, a step you know above what? us. I've been going on about the lack of panic. That was the first game where you're thinking they are trying panicky stuff. They didn't even try the panicky stuff in the wind against Edinburgh, which you thought they might do. But there was panic at times out there. I. Look, we knew we were in trouble. We, we played into their hands because we started to do things. And the one thing we didn't need to do was concede scrums. So we decided we are going to play little dink balls in. 
And so you're asking forwards to do little offloads and passes, and they're going to they're inevitably. They're not. That's not what their game is about. So therefore, they're more likely dropping than Max. So we conceded scrums, and then we got beaten up in the scrum. Whereas their big issue was they could they couldn't find their jumpers. But we didn't play. We didn't kick the ball down. We and got nothing out of any of their turnovers and lineups. Yeah. A couple of them we knocked on ourselves. We and that was that's poor. That's that's that was that was a problem. We did. Uh, the lads are right. We played into their hands. Now, once they got a little bit of momentum going, like I mean, Tom Waldron, you're not going to put three. I mean, there was a classic. Dave Viewers and Tom Waldron went through Ali Muldowney. Now Ali's a brave and stand. You can't ask him to pull the two of them down. They just were. They just knew their game plan. They never veered from their game plan. Now I'm not saying that Exeter can't play fantastic 15-man flowing end-to-end. So I think today they came with a game plan and they stuck to it. And it was lacking in, it was lacking in invention and off the golf stuff. But it worked today. I mean. And we played into their hands by the, some of the stuff we did. Uh, Rob actually said afterwards that they had looked at the videos and maybe they were a little bit taken back by the type of rugby kind of played, you know. So I get the feeling they came thinking the weather was going to be crap again as well and there was going to be a type of game they'd have to play. Yeah, well, the thing was, we were all hoping that the bright, sunny day would suit us. Well, it did in one sense, didn't it? I mean, it wouldn't have been any better if it had been raining and windy. They just would have bullied us more up front, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, they probably would have done. I, I just, I'm just frustrated that we don't seem to see that sometimes you just have to play the damned game in the opposition. If you split the pitch into thirds, play it in their bottom third of the pitch for a while. Turn them around. They're a big side. It's simple stuff. It's the stuff that was going on 100 years ago in rugby. But we fail to do it. Now, maybe our out-halves aren't driven to play that way or told to play that way and Ronaldson not starting today was an issue because I think that's the sort of game he would have tried to play and once Jack Cardy came on and he did some good things and he did some bad things and he's a young guy and he's learning but we never really put them under severe pressure even though we scored four tries it was it was from sort of one-off movements yeah. but we didn't have them under a concerted ten minutes where we're going to stay on top of you and that lets them get the game back to their pace and that included two scrums that must have taken three minutes. I mean, the referee, I'm not criticising much of what he did, but there was two scrums that must have taken three minutes to get organised. That is the way the Premiership and the top 14 is played. Yeah. And he played in it. They played into that. So they played their game stop, start, stop, start. Can we... Let's see, can we get towards a consensus? Not that we have to. Maybe the way we can get get back on track in this is half time. What did you think of where we stood and, and how we did at that stage? Well, I was. Well, we were obviously leading half time. We scored three tries. It was you know the, the game plan was there. Was that we you know run around them, get outside them, run around them, keep keep the ball back, keep them in their own half if you could. Um, we lost a couple of kicking battles, which is maybe why we didn't kick it as much because we did lose a couple of kicking battles. Um, but that shouldn't, you know, just because you lose one or two shouldn't mean you, you just abandon it completely, which is what appeared to happen. And we tried to do this week. It was exactly the same as Edinburgh. Let's try and bash through them. And, like, at one stage, Cathy tried to run through the hooker and the prop, I think. I was like, jeez, Jack, <laughs> you know, you're a lovely player. Like, why don't try and run through people. Use your guile. Use something to, you know, use something else. Use your foot. He's a, he's a, he's a fairly educated boot. He tries to kick it too long sometimes, although his, I suppose the first one he kicked, he absolutely boomed it. Yeah, he had it some looked, good kicks. He didn't it it did look as though he had the wind behind it, even though we didn't have a win today. Mm. Um, but, but other times he, he just... He just 
you just wanted there was so much space in behind so much space in behind them at times that we just needed to use it a bit more okay so now we're getting somewhere so the first half fine game plan fine was the free-flowing rugby when it works is brilliant but you need to have something else to go with it which is my point but everyone's agreeing with that because what Alan seems to say and taking on from here Dave is in the second half we needed to bring something else to the table as well and Alan said all we were bringing was just bashing it up and it wasn't going anywhere we went into ourselves I think what didn't help was we conceded a penalty after in like the first minute and that was a powerful that was another power play from the forwards so we conceded a penalty so then suddenly it's 17-13 then we have the, the first can we just say Sandmore carry on Sandmore <laughs> sorry Dave well, unlike the Sandmore we expect the Sandmore and the mistakes that come from the Sandmore we don't expect somebody like Danny to throw a terrible no look pass trying to, to loop a six foot four game. and what made it worse was everybody stopped okay he's only 10 minutes he's only, he's only 20 minutes and everybody stopped now yeah there is an issue about whether he was offside but I'm, there's issues but is that does that matter even if he was ref didn't blow no don't just stop and the same thing actually when Damien Welsh broke away with his interception for about two seconds everybody stopped and we're very lucky that Damien Welsh got spooked by the fact that Robbie was chasing him down. That's the only reason, Robbie, that, that we would lose by more. We just... We, we were the team. Normally, this, has been the, this game was the game, was the first game where we, everything that happens at the start of the half went the other way. Because we started quickly, got a score in the first half, which is something we just haven't been doing recently. And in the second half, we just didn't come out at all. And that was the problem. And they took all the momentum. And as we saw, with momentum, those guys are just running downhill. Okay, now we're building a picture. William? Six games in 26 days, 8 and 44. I think that contributes to players stopping. We did look very, very tired at times out there. There were players walking. And it's not even physical. It's the mental side of it. And it comes back to the squad size. You've got players playing and playing and playing and they, they switch off. It's hard to keep the concentration level. It was a slightly strange game in that the warm-up for both sides was very lackadaisical. I, I, mean, I was here very early and it was very sort of laid back. There was no intensity in it. And even the game itself at times lacked a certain intensity. It was passionate. But it, it, it just... Like a lot of the Challenge Cup games this weekend, Newcastle versus the Gwent Dragons was uh, pretty similar. Absolutely, or you know, Cardiff put in 104 points on a bunch of amateurs yeah. from Italy, which is London Irish Grenoble. London Irish Grenoble. It's players just playing. To, the only way you can play this number of games is to have big squads. We haven't got one, so you've got the same players playing, and it's a case of, oh, he'll do it. No, I'll do it. No, oh, he's gone. And that, that's what ha- absolutely for the for the two in- intercepts. We, we I mean we we just froze for a second. Okay, so now we got a picture of the game. So Alan, like bearing that in mind or wondering where it stands, still got to worry that the Chiefs didn't make that many changes. You know, there is an English side that just have shown us any thoughts of possibly winning this competition are almost ridiculous because the Gloucesters, the London Irishes, are going to be equally as powerful. Not necessarily London Irish, but certainly Gloucester. Um, you know, we can't deal with that unless we're at full strength or something. No, no. Like it's, it's. You know, I still see we're we're still in. Uh, we're oh still yeah, what's in, the what's the permutation? We're, we're there. We're at the moment. We're still in, in one of the top. In the, or no, we're sorry. We're just short to qualify. Yeah, but sorry, if, it's if, the top but, three so, there. Yeah. So one thing's for sure. One of the pools says that Oignac's in second. They won't be qualifying because we're ahead of them on points. So now we're chasing Bordeaux, Bordeaux for the last qualification spot. Well, if we Newcastle, Newcastle as well. Newcastle were beaten. Well, by Newcastle the will be one of the three. There's three best seconds out of the five pools. 
So we're looking to be three, three from three from of the five second place teams. We're looking to be one of three, and I would certainly say that we have a good chance of finishing ahead of Bordeaux. Should Edinburgh do us a favour? Well, that'd be nice of them. I'm, I'm not so much. Look, I, much as I'd like us to get through to the quarterfinal, because you know, hey, European rugby after Greece. I really think the biggest thing, the reason we need a result next week, is ties back in with the number of games. We have three weeks off, but we'll have won one game since the beginning of December One and that's a problem we need because this can't historically go on runs of not winning and I think this for the first time this season you're thinking this isn't going to happen because we only lost to the top two in the league prior to December since then we've lost okay yes we've lost we lost the two away intervals that's no that's no crime in losing those and we've played well but then we we lost two games in a row here you're then going away to against a team that doesn't isn't in theory isn't taking this competition seriously and is definitely out no matter what happens so if you lose next week, that's a huge blow. But I think what we really need to be... We, not the reason we need to win next week. Is we are, go, we are now down to... Next week, in all probability, our fourth choice, number 12, will start. Because Dave Mack is... Dave Mack probably concussed. Ronaldson probably... Um, if his squad is gone, he's not going to be back. We know Bundy isn't going to be back. We know Robbie's going to be away. So we're down, actually, we're down to our fifth choice, number 12, starting next week. Um... It's problematic at the moment. It's problematic. It's it's worrying. But a win next week, irrespective of what... We're great if we get through to the quarterfinals. But a win next week is essential, simply because it stops the rot. Yeah, I guess so. Well, we'll uh, get, let's take a little bit of audio from the post-game and then we'll kind of round this up and we'll make... We, when, when we come back, we'll be really clear on what Connacht have to do to qualify, which is we won't have a clue because... I don't think I'm not sure Connacht really want to qualify I'm serious because that will be an away game and it'll be between Munster away and Ulster at home and it'll probably be on a Thursday night and it'll be probably against Gloucester because the best we can hope for is being the last seed and Gloucester are going to be the first seed so hey we'll be back after the audio listen to Pat Lamb Rob Baxter and uh, might even have a bit of John Muldoon as well Dave got most of the audio because my batteries ran out we've been through this so let's go <laughs> Ash, um, it's been a while, probably you have to go back to last season since the team have come to the sports ground and, you know, looked probably that much the better side. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, four tries to three, you know, 13 for penalty count. But the thing that killed us is, uh, you know, on, on all of that is 20 plus turnovers. Um, you know, I think, uh, and then, you know, obviously we had some wobbles at set piece time. So if you can't keep the ball, we show what we can do when we do keep the ball. If you can't keep the ball, you can't get field positioned. You're, you're defending a lot and, you know, and they're a big direct side. So, you know, the plan was to, uh, particularly in the conditions, to control the ball and uh, apply to some pressure. And, uh, you know, we knew their defence would be flying up. We tried to work around the outside. But the other thing, too, we talked about was look where you're passing. So when you when you wrap all that up, we just spoke about it in there. Is that you know after two losses, people a lot of teams can lose a lot of belief. Um, but as, when you give those sort of facts, then you have a look at it. It's, it's it's not hard to fix, you know. It's just but we have to be honest with ourselves and look at our performances uh, as individuals, and then as a unit, and then as a team. So uh, um, you know it's a fine line, and at seventeen ten, um, you know that that six ten minutes after halftime was woeful, and again. How many balls do we turn over? And then you turn over a ball, you have a scrum, you, get, you don't scrum, you know, they get pressure on there, you lose, you lose, uh, you get a penalty against you, and then you're down the other end in field position. So all of those things st- stop you applying pressure to the team, the so, opposition. 
So against uh, like against their strong scrum and, and them having a lot of possession, some brilliant rugby meant Connacht led by 17 points 10 at half time. Did you feel like there needed to be a change of approach in the second half to contain them more, or did you feel like you had to you know play the same game plan and try and spread it? Like no, no, no. It's not about spreading. It's about using it. And um, like I think when we um, you know the, I think in the first 10 or 15, some of our kicking wasn't wasn't great. I mean we. Even in the first try, we just had kicked it, you know, to the other side of the field, and then they they, they put pressure on us. We're now defending a lot of, and the thing in those because the ground's a little bit heavy. It's a simple question: Do you want to defend a lot, or do what ties you more defending or, or, or applying pressure, carrying the ball? And um, and some of our turnovers and, and, and our turnovers too were through our kicking. Um, meant that we had to spend a bit of time on D and, and tackling big men. A lot of those penalties came at the scrum, so just maybe talk to us a bit about what you felt went on in that scrum. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll leave that to uh, you know to Dan. He goes through that, and um, but you know, it's fair to say he's pretty disappointed with uh, with the effort there. So, um, but again, um, you know, our scrum's been pretty good, and um, so we need to go back and, and you know, I have a lot of confidence Dan will get that sorted. Almost got a second bonus point with Dara's kick. At least got one point, and obviously you're not out of the competition yet. Yeah, again, and you know. Uh, that's, you know, that was a good decision to, to, to go for it and it gives more importantly a chance to have a minute and a half or two to try and get the get the win. But then, you know, we missed out on that, missed out on the two bonus points. So I'm not sure what the uh, the wash up is uh, now. Um, I think we might still have a chance, you know, going to La Rochelle, but we need to get a win. Would you like to concede four tries? A little bit, a little bit. Um, especially probably in the manner, a manner that we did. Uh, I think the last one in particular, you know. To, to, to have a tap penalty scored against you from five minutes from the opposition line, um, as I say, it takes a bit of doing. I think we looked we looked like we couldn't quite believe we hadn't been awarded a try, and then we didn't react very well at all, and, uh, and we gave up a lot of momentum. But you know, fair play to Connor, you know, they're, they're a dangerous side. They've shown that in their Rabo direct performances this year, um, and at times, you know, it was it was there for us because we were stretched defensively at times today. Um, but as I said, I think we improved that as the guys got game time in their new positions. And as I say, the, ultimately the forward pressure we were able to exert today was, was obviously the telling factor. What did you say at half-time? Because you conceded very late in the first half and then you came out in the second half and you scored 23 unanswered points. Um, well, I mean, the truth was, I think you need to remember going into this game, we spent a lot of time analysing the last three or four weeks from Con- and, and you could see there were... There were battles against the elements one way, and then who could who could survive things the other way. And we had we had that in the back of our minds a little bit. So we played against, albeit not as strong a wind as you've had here for the last few weeks. Played against the wind the first half. We were probably frustrated with that last try because it probably didn't quite paint the picture of how well we'd done the first half and and how well we controlled field position and territory. I say against the elements. Um, the first thing I said to the lads was, "What are we going to do? Are you going to get hurt mentally by that try, or are we going to bounce through it?" And to be fair, they all got their heads up and, and knew we had the win in the game. So I think, as I say, I think if your set piece is functioning, you've always got an in into the game. Uh, and as I say, I think, I think towards the end of the game, we actually didn't convert, did we? We actually didn't convert two or three opportunities on the kind of try line. I think, I think we were starting to kind of, as I say, we were starting to batter our way through things by the end. As I say, that last try is unfortunate, but um, by that stage, we, we kind of sewn the game up. Obviously, we looked very dangerous on the ball, but um, it's you don't if you don't um, have at least parity or you're not on top up front, then you don't win rugby matches. It's the biggest cliche uh, when it comes to playing rugby, and um, I think they they uh, definitely won the battle up front, and they were definitely the more dominant pack. And unfortunately, that's one of the key areas that we 
had said all week we needed to, I suppose, to to work on and we needed to focus on, and um, they definitely won that battle. So I think it was uh, 13 penalties to four. So and I'm, I'm imagining the majority of them came up front. So yeah, very disappointed, um, especially the way some of our backs were playing today. And um, we knew if we could get good ball to them, that's what they can do. And um, with the sunshine on our backs, that's the way we like to play. But unfortunately, um, Ford's got a front up. Obviously, we would have loved a quarter-final, a home quarter-final, and that's what we, um, we're going for today. And But uh, the, that four tries, and you saw the way the lads fought at the end to try and get that extra bonus point to make sure that we're in the competition. Uh, we want to stay in the competition, and obviously we, um, we're on the back of two losses now, um, which hasn't happened to us in a while. So... Um, We've got to, I suppose, go out now next weekend and make sure that we get the win and hopefully the, the five points and get into the competition. Um, we don't know where we're going, but we're obviously we'll be on the road and, and this competition has meant a lot to us in the past and um, you never know what would happen. Sometimes you can be lucky and get a home semi-final. So um, we're still in there and we're still in with a shout. So um, big onus uh, next weekend to get the result. Is it as much as getting the momentum back? Yeah, well, probably a little bit, yeah. Um, I think like, there's probably uh, an opinion that the, the wheels are coming off, but we scored four tries and four very good tries. Um, as I said, we didn't get parity up front and that cost us. And um, I've been around Connacht for a long time and uh, to have a backline playing the way they are, it's unusual for our forwards to be getting such... Um, I suppose such a roast and so we're going to have to front up and it, it doesn't happen to us too often but it's happened to us today on our home patch so we've got to that's probably two weeks in a row now that we've got bed up so we've got to search into ourselves and a bit of character showing through hopefully Okay so the permutations are as we said at Connacht are currently just one place outside the, uh, the qualification places uh, if Bordeaux lose to Edinburgh and Connacht win they could well get into the quarter final yeah yeah um, personally I just don't want us to get through I want us to win but I don't want us to win with enough points to get us through to the quarter final I really don't see how it's going to benefit to us be a benefit to us later on in the season going away somewhere and you know in between Munster and Munster and Ulster Ulster and Munster yeah, now, now that we can't get a home quarter final we all wanted to win to get a home quarter final we all kind of thought we might even have a shot at this competition Dave we probably realise now mm-hmm. with the way European rugby is going at the moment we're at a, just a slightly different level Oh, good God, yeah. I remember these guys came eighth last year, and we're seeing the teams that, I mean, Rob Baxter's there going, yeah, we want, we're fifth. He's saying, if they're fifth, how good are the four teams out? And we saw what Saracens did to Munster. We've seen what Wasps did, Wasps can do. We seem to be, even though I think everything about the move to Coventry is wrong, it's been great for them. Um, we, know, we know that Leicester and Northampton, okay, Northampton lost last week, but Leicester and Northampton will take it seriously. Bristol, uh, sorry, Bath are coming back into things. We're not even close. We've, we saw yesterday Ulster went out there gave it their best and got hammered by 40 points by too long but does this mean does this mean that maybe we shouldn't be too downhearted by how outplayed we were here from a pro 12 top 6 point of view no, f- f- yeah being ridiculously parochial yes but in terms of Do you know what I'm saying like, I know like, exactly don't, don't lose faith in our ability well, to get no, and also as we don't we did, we did put four tries on the team that has was up until Christmas in the top 4 we're, we can hold our own with these guys but we're just missing that that oomph that power, that nasty, we don't have a national, I mean they're from, they're from Devon, they have a tradition of producing horribly nasty pug faced props who will run over you we don't have that, but in terms of where the league stands I think we're in real trouble because 
all probability, there may only be one Pro 12 team. There could only be one, maybe two Pro 12 teams, and that is Gloss. That's, that's there's, Leinster. There's a Chiefs fan out on the pitch on his own, looking like he's going to take a dump, but I think he's just lining up a kick, I hope. <laughs> It's it's quite strange. And there's no is there anyone the even watching him? If the groundsman sees him, he's going to be in real bother because you can't do that here. The groundsman doesn't like people on the pitch. No, he's, yeah, he's it's definitely a war dance. It's some it's sort of war, war dance, dance he's doing. Yeah, yeah. It's an inverse hacker. They only do it after the game. <laughs> it's not podcast gold because it's really hard to describe, but it's so strange. Oh, it's the strangest thing I've ever seen. Strange, strange enough, I suspect. Amber Nectar is involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> European rugby. Uh, wait, listen, you know, I, look, we want to uh, ra- wrap this up pretty quickly because we know people don't seem to listen to us when we lose. Well, we have our loyal 200 listeners. But. Yeah, well, you know, we also need to make sure we get our podcast up on the, flan- the clan That's side as well, sure, yeah. which I'll uh, try and have you with that. organisation in the background yeah. after my struggles this week. Um, oh, looks like I'm getting a call here. You know, do you want to take over for a second there and try and wrap up? Yeah, I suppose the, the the quick thing is like European rugby is being dominated by the big money teams, and you know it is a bit of a worry that we're looking at you know Exeter, who would be of a similar ilk to us, but they're they're still a fair distance they out st- of us. They still have they still have backers, they have backers because they were they were no they're lo- they're good local. I mean they still have a core of local guys, but they have backers. We don't have the back. We don't have a. I mean look at Worcester, who's supposed to be coming up this season with Cecil Duckworth behind them. We don't have that. I mean, there's no. We, I mean, and I don't know if Connacht should, ever, if any of the Pro 12 teams should ever go that route and having a backer. I think the. I mean, the only teams that actually the only teams I think we could be of benefits to the league as a whole would be if somebody backed the Italian teams, even though I, I think simply so they could still be in existence. We don't have that model. I don't think it's a model that suits our It doesn't suit the Welsh. It doesn't suit the Scots. It certainly doesn't suit us. But in terms of European rugby, we're screwed. We're absolutely screwed. You you, you disagree with? I, di- I disagree. The future is money. Um, and it'll happen it'll happen here eventually the IRFU will realise that they'll have to get involved with independent backers for teams and it'll happen in Wales now what could happen in Wales is two of those sides could go the independent route and then move into the English Premiership I think there's a few of them are still would be reasonably happy to do that I think Cardiff are one option simply because it would bring more competition and it might bring more interest it's I'm not sure it's the way that I'd want to go, but money talks and squad sizes talk. And if you have independent money or independent backers, you can make your own decisions. You're not constantly referring it to a committee in Dublin, which is what the Irish, all the Irish provinces have to do, but specifically, especially us, I suspect. Right, can I jump in here and say we, we just need to finish on a kind of a, what does this all mean for Connacht? Because there's La Rochelle next week, and then there's two weeks' time, there's no, no Bundyaki. Mills Molina tonight, what was his performance like? Where is the strength in terms of going forward? They'll be well rested in February, but are they good enough to get to the top six now after this uh, last couple of defeats? Well, they certainly need to freshen up. They definitely need a week away, at least one week away in the sun to just you know refresh everything. The, the work rate has dipped. The work rate that we were so proud of earlier on in the year has definitely dipped. Okay, so even tonight you felt the work rate wasn't there as much, for whatever yeah, well, reason? As, as, as was mentioned, you know, they intercepted and there was this sort of wait to see what's going on. Okay. And it didn't have, it happened more than once. It wasn't just on the intercepts. There was a couple of other occasions. I think at, at one stage, um, Healy made a fantastic break. But he was completely isolated because everyone was standing watching to see what he was going to do next. That's, you know, that's mental tiredness. That's physical tiredness, mental tiredness. And yeah, this break is coming at the right time. Dave, can, can we call that your final thoughts? Dave, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, I know I'm going to beat the drum and the completely contradict everything I said up to now. I, I want very few comp players in the Ireland team. I want 
Robbie, Kieran, that's it. That'll do me. Probably Nathan will go as well because he was talking to Joe Schmidt. Uh, I want the boys to take a rest. I'd prefer if they took a rest and not be involved in that camp. I'd rather have them rested and relaxed and ready for the Scarlets because I know the Scarlets are going to be understrengthened. And I'd like, to, I know, and I think it'd be better for us if they rested and came back and played for us. And also, one little thing about European rugby we're watching the Germans next week. And that is the future of rugby, smaller countries. Connacht Eagles taking on Germany. It is a mind meld of a concept of a game, and we're going to, it's happening next Saturday here. <laughs> Deutschland, visit the sports ground. Yep, I'll be here. I've seen every international side that's come here for the last 40 years, so I'm not going to let the Germans pass by. <laughs> um, and it is hilarious that we're calling them smaller countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the perspective in the world. We were just talking about it from a cricket point of view in Bangladesh having 100 million people there earlier, but let's not get into that. Hey, that's it this for, for this week, guys. Disappointment. Stay listening. We'll be back next week. I'm going to La Rochelle. Do you know what? I think I need some a week in the sun. Because, like, you know, I'm forgetting batteries yeah, and stuff. you such a tough life, Rob. You know, I'm gutted for it's you. Only, but it's only 24 Watching hours. It's only 24 week hours. Week in, week out. It's such terrible hard work. Yeah. Stress. Stress, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rob, you, I know stressful. 24 hours on the French Atlantic coast. What a horrible, shocking life you lead. But, but, you're, missing, but you're missing the Germans. Let's get up early. You're missing the Germans. I'm missing the Germans, yeah. We might, might organise to get someone else to go to that. Ah, oh, maybe not. Okay, that's it. Bye, folks.